7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Hello, coach. Yes, do you hear me? Uh, can you can you hear us? Yes, yes, I hear you very well. Yeah. We are we are in a press conference now. Yes, I see. We have just we have just announced you as the coach of the senior national team of South Africa, Bafana Bafana. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts at this time? First of all, I um, have to say that I'm uh, very proud and very happy to be uh, the new coach of, uh, of South Africa. Uh, it's always been a country in which I would like to work, and uh, today uh, we are there. So um, I'm very happy and proud to be there. Uh, secondly, um, the information that I get uh, the last uh, weeks and uh, the analysis that I made, uh, I know that for the moment, I think uh, it's the moment to rebuild a new team in South Africa. Um, I was a little bit surprised when I saw the selections of uh, the last games that uh, there were such a lot of players of uh, 30 and more. So... Um, I think uh, we have to rebuild a team, a younger team, and why a younger team? And mm-hmm. if we can take the example of, uh, of Cameroon, I did the same there. You know, when you work with young players, young players, they are motivated, they are hungry to, uh, to do, to show something. And uh, I was myself, I was a player when I was 30 years and older. You know, motivation is less. You're happy that, for example, you are with the national team, but the motivation and the hunger is less. So I think after uh, you were not South Africa was not qualified for uh, for Africa next year, that this is the moment to start and rebuild and uh, a new team, a younger team. Okay, good evening, everybody. Thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on the Sports Show, SAFM Spot On. With me, Tabiso Musia, Katlako Mudiwa is producing the show, assisted by Ben Ericotto with Zalma TV in a technical. And we've opened with a clip of the new Bafana Bafana coach, uh, Hugo Bruce, who was announced today uh, right here at the SABC, live on SABC Sport. He will be offered a five-year contract and is expected to be in the country sometime next week. He was speaking via Zoom. That's where he joined the press conference from and you can hear clearly that he wants to rebuild here at Bafana Bafana and um, he believes that the team was too old, the team is aging and therefore he wants to build a younger team going forward. And yeah, that's the little bit that we're going to do on Bafana Bafana tonight, folks. I know that it's been discussed all over uh, throughout the day here on SAFM Spot On. We spoke about it on um on Life Happens with Pimelo Mutina, we spoke about it on Beyond the Headlines with Aldrin Sampier. So we don't want to do an overkill of a Bafana Bafana. So I just thought I should highlight what the new coach, the the uncom- the, up- the the incoming coach has to say. But because it is a Boxing Wednesday, so we want to stick to boxing tonight, um, even though the new Bafana Bafana coach has been announced. But we only have one day for the sweet science that is boxing on our show. So we're trying our best to give the sport the respect and platform that it deserves. And it's not just any Boxing Wednesday tonight because we have a special guest joining us all the way from the United States of America. That is the former two-time world champion, Hasim Rahman, the man who fought L- Lennox Lewis right here in South Africa back in 2001, 20 years ago. Um, that's after Madiba, Nelson Mandela, of course, convinced them to come and stage the fight here in the country, and no one can say no to Madiba. I remember that fight was held in the early hours of the morning because it had to be broadcast around the world. I think it was 5 a.m., and they also had to find a suitable time for everyone. So we're going to go back in time with the champ, Hasim Rahman, just to talk about Thunder in Africa, which took place on April 22, 2001. And we're going to stay in the U.S. We're going to preview Canelo versus Billy Saunders, that middleweight contest happening this weekend. There's so much drama over the size of the ring. Canelo demanding a smaller ring, which is still within the regulations, but Saunders' camp wanted a bigger ring. I guess it is because he wants to move around, like Sonny Edwards did in his win over our former champion now, Murutim Talane, last Friday. And talking about Murutim Talane, who lost his IBF flyweight title, we're going to chat to his manager and trainer, Colin Nathan, as we review that stunning defeat in London last Friday. So that's what's coming up tonight on Boxing Wednesdays on SAFM. 
them. You can send us your voice notes to this WhatsApp number 061-4104-107. And if you are distracted by all the Bafana Bafana talk, just a reminder that Sundowns played today against Marisbeck United and they won by two goals to nil. So they're four points clear of Amazulu, still with a game in hand. Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. Lennox Lewis is like a big cat. Rockman, jab, 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 jab. Four of them. Chases Lewis across the ring. Yeah, goosebumps, I'm telling you. How's that? And let's go all over, all the way to the USA now and welcome the champ on the line, Hasim Rahman. Hasim, good evening from us in South Africa. Thank you very much for being able to speak to us this evening. Oh, it's no problem. Pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks, Hasim. Firstly, I hope you're well, champ. I heard you were working out in the gym this morning. Are you still keeping fit? Oh man, I'm I'm, I'm the workout over right now, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh staying in shape. I'm 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 super strong right now. That's good. Do, do you miss being in the ring? Um, sometimes, sometimes when I'm watching fights, because you know it's all, it's easy, it's easier on outside because I can see everything. It's almost like playing chess when you're watching the game and, and when you're playing. You know, you see every move when you on, on when you spectate. So I, I mean, I'm the perfect fighter watching on television, <laughs> watching from ringside. I don't make any mistakes. <laughs> and Asim, what do you make, champ of guys like Mike Tyson coming out to fight in these exhibition matches? I love it. Yeah, I love it. I think um, I think that um. You know, first of all, I think it incentivizes older guys to, to get in shape and stay in shape. Uh, I think that, um, you know, Mike Tyson got millions and millions of fans across the, the world. Some of them never got to see him fight, but they just automatically Michael, Michael um, Tyson fans. So um, I think just the sheer fact that he get, they get to see him live before they before he dies and, and or before he gets to the point where he can't get back in the ring, and um, I think it's um, I think it's good. And if the people, obviously, if the people paying to see it, mm. then um, you know, then it's you know, nobody's getting cheated. Yeah. You know, it's not like um, we making you watch it. If it's pay per view and you want to see Mike Tyson, then um, you tune in. If you don't want to see him, then you don't. Everybody got their choice. Yeah, that's true. And is it something that you would consider, Champ? Or are you fine with life outside the ring? You said, what, what, is this something that I would consider, like an exhibition with Mike yeah. Tyson? Or yes. No, just show? just in general, an exhibition match, would you take part in something like that? I would only, only, only with certain guys. I wouldn't do it just to be doing it. <laughs> but if it's a former champion that, um, that he want to get beat up, then I'll do it. <laughs> and your son, Hasim uh, Rahman Jr., also a boxer. I mean, what do you make of his progress? What do you make of his career? Well, well, he's um, he's moving, he's moving at at, at his desired pace. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, we don't, we don't, we're not worried about trying to please everybody. You know, everybody moves at different paces. So, 
So we're going to move according to where he is and his development. And uh, and I got another um, a son, a professional, Sharif, who's a uh, 4-0 um, junior, junior middleweight. So, like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna succumb to the pressure of trying to get my kids to a world title fight like before they ready. So if you if you see them moving, it's be, the way they moving is because it's because of me. I'm not gonna <laughs> allow them to just jump out there and 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 succumb to pressure. Oh well, step up and fight this guy. Step up no, We're gonna fight when who we fight when we ready to fight them. Yeah, and they both unbeaten. Eh? Sharif t- a four and zero, and Junior ten and zero. So yeah, really some good things there. And do you think they are under a bit of pressure? Do they feel the pressure, or how do you keep them away from the pressure? Because I'm sure people will remind them that their father was a two-time world heavyweight champion of the world. But they're not their father. They got their own. They own. They got their own um, story to write. Mm. They got their own kids. To, um, to, you know, that they gonna they're gonna look up to them. And uh, it's it's a bit unfair, you know, to to uh, compare. You know, it's almost like compare older fighters with today's fighters. I mean, you can't really compare them. You know, it's two different stories, it's two different narratives. They got their own life to live. If 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 um if they don't become two time champion, that mean they they wasn't as good as me. Or or, or I mean, that's it's an unfair comparison. We we had two different narratives. We had two different stories. Uh, you know, um, I just, I'm just going, whatever they do, mm. I'm, I'm super pleased with the effort. You know, as long as they give me a hundred percent, then we good. Ah, we that's good. wonderful. We that's wonderful. And for you, champ, how do you look back at your boxing career inside the ring? Are you satisfied with what you achieved? Um, it's yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I think I overachieved, <laughs> uh, but but when I got there, I think that's when I took my, my foot off the gas. You know, like like when I was coming up as a young fighter, nobody worked harder than me, nobody. And then when I when I start getting to the point where I'm I'm, I'm getting six figures, two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars fight, then I'm um, then I start going to training camp. Whereas before before then, I trained every day. I would mm-hmm. fight on a, on Friday. Well, Thursday, I'm right back in the gym on Monday. But then when I start getting bigger fights, now I'm only training when I'm in training camp. And that's the that's, that's absolute wrong way to do it. So I think if I would have just kept my foot on the gas, I think I would have achieved a lot more. But actually, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I actually won the world title mm. three times because um, I actually beat South African Corey Sanders for yeah. the world title. So... But I'll never get credit for that because the people don't recognize that that championship belt as as prestige at this point. But at one point they didn't do that with the WBO belt. You know, now yeah. they do it now 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 they recognize the WBO belt as a as a major title. But um you know, in my mind and and, and, and when I look at my career, I look at my title, I won the heavyweight championship of the world three times. Okay, and the WB you... is one of the hardest fights, one of the hardest hitting guys that I've been in the ring with. So, you know, I'm definitely um, counting that on my book. Um, <laughs> and you knocked him out, eh? You knocked him out in round seven of 12. Yeah, I mean, but he was, you know, like, that was a, that was a, um, anybody could have, anybody could have gotten knocked out in that fight. I mean, he was, he was seconds away from knocking me out. Mm. Our very own uh, late former champion there, Corey Saunders. May his soul uh, rest in peace there. He did fight against uh, Hasim Rahman as you had. For those who are joining us, that's our guest tonight. Three-time world heavyweight champion of the world, Hasim Rahman. That's more go. like it. Yes. And those that remember the thunder in Africa, do hey, send us I your voice that. notes. I earned that. I had to go through war with Corey <laughs> to get that. No, definitely. Anybody who gets the better of Corey Saunders deserves all the credit. And Champ, what memories come to your mind when we mention South Africa? Man, you know what? Actually, when um, when, 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 the, the, the thing that comes to my mind the most is the rumble in the jungle with Muhammad Ali. And, and George Foreman, because um, you got to realize there's so many similarities with the the, the Rockman Lewis fight with the Ali, um, Ali and uh, Fraser, I mean Ali and George Foreman fight. 
You know, you got a young Muslim American, Muslim American heavyweight who's going up against, who's a mammoth underdog against a big, strong, huge uh, guy that, that 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 we had no chance of winning. Ali had no chance of winning against um, George Foreman. They gave me no chance of winning against the Lennox Lewis. So when I was over there, I used to watch the Rumble in the Jungle. And mm. then I used to, when I used to run in the streets in South Africa, or the love I got, the people embraced me. When I got there, I mean, the, the, the South Africans, they, I fell in love with them, they fell in love with me. So it was like, you know, Umale, Ali, Umale, I felt <laughs> the same thing. It was so, it was like eerie similar to, I felt like I was in the Rumble in the Jungle all over again. So it was like, before the fight, I was like, oh, this is Rumble in the Jungle too. It's the same thing will happen. I'm going to upset this guy. Yeah. Just as Muhammad Ali did. So um, I always, you know, when anytime I think about South Africa, think about the Rumble. That was my Rumble in the Jungle. No, definitely. Thunder in Africa. Does it feel like it was 20 years ago? I know we get no, we get no. <laughs> but you know what's worse than getting old? No? What's worse? Not getting old. Yeah, that's true also. That's true. And so also. many of my, 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 my friends would never see 21, 22, 30, 40. So, you know, I'm, I'm embracing every minute of getting old. And you mentioned, champ, that no one gave you a chance ahead of that fight. I mean, I looked at the odds again. You were an absolute outsider, 20 to 1, even bigger with other bookmakers. Did you believe yourself that you had a chance, or could you understand why people had written you off? Well, I mean, I do and I don't. Um, like, actually, with, 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 with the, the, the missing story is this, right? I was actually supposed to fight Lennox Lewis. Early because mm. in 1998 I fought a um, I was an undefeated fighter mm. and I fought a title eliminated with David Tour mm. in the winner fights Lennox Lewis. I was an undefeated guy at the time um, and I actually beat David Tour, but they let him hit me at the bell and then stopped the fight prematurely. Didn't give me no time to recoup from the uh, the late hit the blatant foul. So if I if they if they do the right thing and I win the fight against David Tour. I'm an undefeated fighter going up against Lennox Lewis for the undisputed championship of the world. Mm. So, because because I was cheated in that fight, I didn't get my immediate shot at Lennox Lewis. So, I just feel like it was poetic justice because uh, David Tua got his shot, lost every round, and then I fight him like right after or the fight after, and I won the title. So, you know, I was the same guy. Yeah. Beating David Tour, but they didn't make David Tour twenty-one under a dog. So why would they disrespect me and make me a twenty-one under dog? Yeah, that's true. And uh, we're just going to take a quick break, champ. Just hang in there for those who are joining us right now. We are speaking to Hasim Rahman. I see this the interaction on social media. Three-time world heavyweight champion of the world. Let's get that right. If you do want to speak to the men, uh, you can call us on 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006. Or you can send us your voice notes on, on this number 061-4104-107. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. And talking about Twitter, Doc Bovi here has tweeted us. He said, oh man, I was there. I went to see the fight live at Lennox Lewis up against Hasim Rahman and his tag Dr. Sangla there. So they all, they both went to that fight at five in the morning. Labs Maluk says, I can't wait to, um, um, to hear about this most successful night in boxing when he came KO'd uh, Lewis uh, Hamilton. I mean, sorry, not Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Lennox Lewis there. And and uh, who's this? Two misses. I'm so happy to hear from Hasim Rahman. Sounds like the champ is doing well. Good to hear from him. We love him here in South Africa. And a champ. Oh, and then somebody says, did he ever get to meet Nelson Mandela? Did, did you? You did get to meet Nelson Mandela, champ, because he was the one that tried to con- that convinced you guys to come to South Africa, right? Well. You know, I wasn't really into in the planning. I, I was just, a, you know, the, 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 the opponent. You're supposed mm. to come there and get knocked out. <laughs> so I wasn't really into the, the planning of the fight. But um, I just spoke with him. Uh, mm. I spoke with him before and after the fight, but I didn't get a chance to meet him like in person.
Oh, okay. You just you just spoke to him, but you took like you're saying you took the fight so seriously because you arrived in South Africa almost a month before the fight. Was it in order to acclimatize? And also, how did you end up with Nick Durant? Um. Well, yeah, it was definitely um coming over early to acclimatize myself. Uh, and Nick Durant, um, just my people, my people, and my manager at the time, Stan Hoffman, uh, rest in peace. He was recently passed away. Uh, he 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 knew Rick Durant. Um, I think um, it was um, Rodney Berman. I think uh, Rodney Berman. Yes, yes, that's put it. Us with, uh, put us with uh, Nick Durant, and Nick Durant was definitely uh, a vital part of my success. Um, he definitely was there. Opened up things, showed me things, helped me, worked my corner. He he did everything. I mean, Nick Durant was a blessing. What's up, Nick? Uh, love you, man. Always. Um, yeah, he was definitely a vital piece. He definitely was um, instrumental in we me winning the title. Yes, and may his soul rest in peace, Nick Nick Durant. It's almost four years now since he passed away in that motorcycle accident. But his son Damien is. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't know. He, I didn't know Nick Durant passed away. Yes, he has passed away uh, sadly. Yes, in, in yeah, 2017. But but you'll be happy family. to hear his son has taken over from him and his son is producing champions. He's also got a WBC Cruiserweight champion in Junior Macabu. So uh, the legacy is still alive there. And Champ, oh, that's great. Yes. Champ, what did you make of, of, of Lennox Lewis arriving less than two weeks before the fight? Some were saying he wasn't taking it seriously. He was even shooting a, a movie there before he even came to South Africa. Did, were you focused on that or were you just well, focused on yourself? See, 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 this is the thing, right? This is, this is the problem. Do you, whatever kind of work you do, right? You doing this work, you doing this interview with me, right? Mm. Well, if you're not studying or if you don't know anything about me, how can you answer the, the, the proper question? You know what you're supposed to do mm. before this interview. Now, you're talking about Lennox Lewis, who's an Olympic gold medalist, who's already won and lost the championship of the world. You know, undisputed heavyweight champion in the world. Listen, you can't, you, he know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So, I mean, when I, when, when he, when he got to South Africa, I saw sparring footage of him. Right? I saw him beating people up, looking good in sparring. So, you know, obviously, you know, he thought that, that he did enough to, to get the win. He was prepared enough to get the win. Now, if he underestimated me, that's you know that's a full part on his part. Yeah, you know I wouldn't have necessarily did that no matter who I was fighting. But um, you know if he did that, that was he took a calculated risk and 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 and, and didn't work out so much for. Him. Yeah, let's hear from the people, Hassan. Before we let you go, we've got a caller on the line first. Uh, Super Masheko, is that you? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> ah, the legendary ring announcer himself. We've got a legend <laughs> also here on the line. I mean, what can you say? Wow. What do you remember? What do you want to say to the champ? Wow. You know what? It's quite an honor and a privilege. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so exciting, Tabiso, that you could actually get uh, uh, connected to this legend, Hasim Rahman. You know, one of the biggest names we know in boxing. And uh, the man that fought Lennox Lewis here at Caliwell City, and uh, Hasim, um, um, it's quite an honor and a privilege, you know, to have you on air talking to us uh, from the United States, talking to us as boxing people here, personalities and followers here in South Africa. Um, you know, the, the one thing that you know, I've had, I've had the stories you relate, and and it's quite amazing, you know, that you you are still there within the boxing. Um, uh, community, but what do you do now, and what is it that you 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 know about South African boxing, and what is it that maybe you can advise us in terms of um, improving on on our sport here so that we can compare with international standards. Thank you, Prasipa Mashekho, well-respected ring announcer here in South Africa. Champ, do you want to respond to that? He wants to know what... what yeah, you, yes. first of all, I'd like to say, you know, I appreciate all of y'all. Y'all made me number one. Number one, I love South Africa. I love South Africans, uh, number one. Number two, uh, definitely um, I'm, 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 I'm doing... I got a real estate company in um, Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, whenever, if any of y'all want to move to Nevada, hit me up. And 
you know, my, my, my book, which will sell you a house, you know? So, um, I'm in that. And, uh, recently I've been, um, you know, getting into, I, I opened this over up another company. We, we, we helping God, helping God people with foreclosures, trying to stop them from happening. So, um, I'm, I'm in the real estate really, really, really heavy. So, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be like a, a mogul, a real estate mogul. So I'm working my way up there. I ain't the heavyweight champion real estate yet, but I will be. And in terms of, um, in Ad- terms advice. of, uh, you know, helping, excuse me. Yes. He was just talking about South African boxing and what advice you can give us. Yeah. I was, I was getting to that. <laughs> you want me, you want me finish? Yes, sir. To... Okay. Thank you. Uh, in terms of, um, your fighters over there, uh, you know, one thing I noticed about about um, South African fighters when I was there, they was very regimented, and uh, that's that's so good. Uh, I would, if I if I were them, I would I would just, you know, just train, train, train all the time, and no matter what you do, you know, application is the key. You know, you got to really just study the greats, study if, if, if Floyd the greatest, if Lennox the greatest. If, if Rocky Marciano, whoever you feel like, you know, the greatest fighters are, Sugar Ray Robinson, I would study these guys and I would try to apply the same thing that they did. And I, But the only way you're going to do it is if you stay in tip-top shape. You know, always stay in shape. I mean, one of the greatest fighters of my era was Floyd Mayweather. Stayed in shape. Stayed in shape. If you if you stay in shape, you, you got 75% of the battle right there. So that that would be my advice to any fighter, any up and coming fighter who, who who any young aspiring pugilist that wants to get in here. It's a real dangerous sport. So I would definitely uh, encourage you to just stay in tip top shape. Ah, have whatever kind of shape you're in today, they should never be in worse shape. Always getting better. Always getting better. Always adding on. So that would be my advice to you. Great words of advice there from the champ, Hasim Rahman. We've got more people that just want to comment. Let's play some of those voice notes. So after uh, Hasim beat Lennox Lewis in that fight in South Africa, then I think Hasim uh, 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 tried to get out of the contract he had entered into with uh, Lennox Lewis. Uh, for a mandatory uh, refight, something like that. So, how, what, what is that all about? Basically, that's my question. What is that all about? That he actually wanted to renege from his agreement that if he beat Lennox Lewis, he would have to fight him again. Good evening to you, Tabiso. Good evening to the listeners and good evening to your guest, Champ Rahman. Between Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, who would you rate the top boxer? Secondly, what's your take on the last fight between Tyson Fury and Dante? And thirdly, what's your take on the coming fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua? All the best, champ. Thank you from Chapter 2. Okay, thank you. Chapter two there. Maybe let's start from the bottom. Um, Hasim, he wants to know your thoughts on Fury and Anthony Joshua. How do you see that one going? I actually like Joshua in that fight. I think he's gonna oh. be a man of upset. I, I think Joshua gonna uh, going beat um, Tyson Fury. I think Joshua is under underestimated boxer. I think he can box. I think he got power. I think he. I think it will be the upset in that fight. I think Anthony Joshua will beat Tyson Fury by decision. Okay, loud and clear, champion. What did you make of the duels between Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder? Well, um, I actually thought you know Fury was um was 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 he boxed he boxed good. I don't rate Deontay Wilder as a good boxer. He's a he's a He's a hell of a puncher, but um, his boxing skills, I think, you know, could 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 use a uh, touch or two. But um, you know, if, I, I give Tyson Fury all the credit in the world 
for getting up from that that, that last knockdown. I thought he was out, and I wouldn't have blamed the referee for just waving it off. So um, uh, kudos to to Tyson Fury for getting up and finishing the fight. But um, I think boxing-wise, boxing skill-wise, I think um, Anthony Joshua is a whole other animal. And then he threw in some names, Lewis Tyson, Ali Foreman. Who was who's the greatest for you? Um, the greatest, I mean, it's hard for me to to go anybody except Ali because Ali, I look at him as a man inside and outside the ring, and I can't differentiate the two. So, you know, like Muhammad Ali was a heavyweight champ inside and outside the ring. Mm. So n- nobody else was like can compare like that to me. So when I look at Muhammad Ali as the man, as the boxer, as the as, the, as the, the, the the international mortal figure that he was, I, can't nobody compare to, to Muhammad Ali to me. Yeah. Last question then, it, it was about the controversy about the rematch. Were you guys not keen on the rematch? Were you eyeing Tyson? It was, it was never, it was never, it was never, uh, it was never that I wasn't going to give him a rematch. The rematch we always had that I could take one fight in between. Mm-hmm. It was always that I could take one fight. But when I signed the contract with Don King, he put in two fights and then Lennox Lewis. That was the whole controversy. So, I mean, people people get bits and pieces of stories, mm. and they and they and they run with them. But I always had an option to take another fight in between Lennox. But the contract that I entered with Don King put Lennox instead of putting him as the second fight, they put him as the third fight, and that's what he went to court and won. The immediate rematch. So I was never not going to give him the rematch or honor the rematch. That was always going to be the case. But you know, if I could, if, if, if the way Don wrote our contract was that Lennox wasn't going to be second; he was going to be third. Uh-huh. So you know that that was the whole that was the whole gist of um, the um, the lawsuit and the forcing me to rematch him right away. But it was never that I did not want to fight Lennox Lewis again. It was never that I wouldn't get. I wouldn't for him what he did for me that was it was never that that was never the case the case was only um second or third and by him being third that he 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 found that as a way that i that like we was trying to circumvent giving him a rematch and he 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 took the court and got an immediate rematch based on being third as opposed to second yeah let's take the last voice note before we let the champ go Okay, it's coming. Ooh, can you hear? Oh, no, unfortunately, okay, we, we can't hear that. We're going to try it again. Champ, just finally, any regrets with not fighting Mike Tyson? Well, the way these exhibitions are going, it looks like <laughs> you might see that one day. <laughs> That's true also. It might happen one day. But would you ever like to fight him hey, in your peak? Hey, let me just tell you right now. Let me just tell you right now on this station, you're hearing it first. Hashem Rockman is ready, willing, and able. Yeah, to fight Mike Tyson. Yes, sir. Would you have liked to fight him in your peak, though? Or in his peak? Yeah, I, I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to fight Mike Tyson? <laughs> who wouldn't have wanted to fight Mike Tyson? Me. I'm, I'm like, I'm the type of guy that I will fight anybody. Anybody. Like, so Mike Tyson is somebody. So, of course, I will fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> well, let's hope it can still happen. But, Champ, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much for giving us some of your time this evening. All right, well, anytime, anytime, reach out, and I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you, I Champ. Your time. I appreciate your having me. God bless. Thank you, Champ. That is the Champ, the um, three time world champion. Let's get it right there. Hasim Rahman, who knocked out Lennox Lewis round five. They caught him with that right, and Lewis and um, Lennox Lewis just saw stars after that. Couldn't get up, and a lot of people saying Lewis was ahead. It was a close fight, but they saying Lewis was ahead on the scorecards. What I remember TT telling me at Tabiso Tima is that he was at the fight. I even tried to call him actually before the show, but he doesn't take my calls anymore. TT, if you're listening, but anyway, he said that they had to fight at five in the morning in Brakpan and then people had to stay up the whole night there waiting for this fight because they had to accommodate the Americans and everybody around the world and by the time the fight was coming on people were already falling asleep but I'm sure they woke up quickly there um, 
there. Let's move right along now. We're going to stay in the U.S. and we are joined from uh, 3 That is Raimundo, our good friend of the show here. We want to look ahead at Canelo and uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Raimundo, are you there? Good evening from us in South Africa. Hi, good evening, South Africa. Yeah, we just spoke to the champ, Hasim Rahman. When last did you hear that name? <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I, I was at a ringside for his fight against James Tony yeah. uh, in Temecula, and he had that big ball on his head. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that, actually. That's one of the pictures yeah. we actually tweeted. Yeah. No, what a great guy. Blast from the past there. Hasim Rahman, a great champion also. Joe, that was the, you've been around. That was a long... When was that? That was about 2008? 2007? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Around that oh. time, yes. <laughs> no, you definitely know what you're doing, Raimundo. But just talk to us about Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders this weekend. How has the build-up to that fight been? Okay, well, so the build-up has been okay. You know, I believe the most exciting thing was uh, this week uh, when uh, Billy Joe Saunders wanted to argue about the ring size, uh, which brought in a little conflict, uh, but... As the A-side fighter, the superstar, Canelo's going to have any size ring he wants. And there's no uh, contract uh, stating that it has to be of a particular size. So at the end of the day, Canelo's going to have his own uh, size ring, no matter what uh, Billy Joe Saunders has to say. And this size ring that Canelo wants, is it within the regulation still? It is, it is. And, and, it's, and it's not specified to be a regular uh, or any particular number mm-hmm. and it can be uh, adjusted any any way by the Texas Commission so however the fighter would like it is is that that's going to be the, the the ring size okay so if I understand you correctly as the champion Canelo does have the right to dictate matters here he does he does uh, as it's not specified cor- uh, specifically in the contract you know, the, the A-side fighter, the, the superstar fighter, mm. is going to have more of a say than, than, than regular terms. A, a, a good little anecdote is when Sugar Ray Leonard uh, fought Marvin Hagler, mm-hmm. and he argued for 12 rounds instead of 15 rounds. So the superstar gets to dictate the terms, and the challenger is just forced to deal with them. Yeah. And why would Canelo want a smaller ring, um, uh, Raimundo? Canelo wants a smaller ring so BJ Saunders doesn't run too far <laughs> once the big blows start landing. <laughs> okay. So the, the, uh, the build-up, like you're saying, was dominated by the size of, of the ring, which was the issue. Was there any possibility that the fight could be called off? I saw Billy Joe tweet yesterday that everything has been sorted, thankfully. But was there real danger that the fight could be called off? Um, not in reality, uh, because... Billy Joe Saunders would have faced a multitude of lawsuits, you know, from Canelo Promotions and from DAZN, and, you know, he would have also forfeited his own purse by not uh, fighting, you know. So um, it's a bit of posturing, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have a fight on Saturday. Looking forward to that one. And Canelo is fighting a lot. He's more active than most boxers. Why is that? It's great. You know, he fought in December, he yeah. fought in February, and ha- here's his fight in May. Um, particularly since his uh, divorce with Golden Boy Promotions, he's allowed a bit more uh, freedom and independence and shot calling on his own. He's able to dictate exactly when he fights, where he fights, and who he fights. And that's just the state of boxing whenever you have a superstar fighter like that. So he'll be fighting for the third time since December last year, right? Correct. <laughs> and and what do you make of Billy Joe Saunders? Is a dangerous um, opponent, uh, thirty and O. Um, can you cause Canelo some problems, though? Uh, Billy Joe, he's an able and skilled fighter. Uh, he will be presenting a few problems early on, perhaps. But Canelo, being in his prime, uh, he's able to. Uh, sort out what he needs to do early in a fight, and I can see a Canelo stop uh, within seven, eight, nine rounds. I can see Canelo winning by knockout. Okay, so you don't foresee any problems for Canelo uh, this weekend? Not, not too many with Sanders. Sanders, he, he is a larger middleweight. Mm. Uh, however, uh, skills pay the bills in this business, and uh, Canelo's going to shine on Saturday. 
and let's talk about the fans. I believe there'll be fans and lots of fans here. Um, what 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 kind of numbers are they expecting? If you have an idea, that's very interesting. Yes, uh, Eddie Hearn, the uh, zones. Uh, Promoter and or along with Matchroom have announced that upwards of seventy thousand people will be at <laughs> Cowboy Stadium in Texas, which will be the largest uh, gathering of for a sporting event since our our pandemic, our worldwide pandemic. This is going to be the most people in one area in the United States on Saturday. M- more than what they had last weekend at the Kentucky Derby. I believe so. Yes, I believe that number was around forty to fifty thousand. Yeah, but fifty, fifty, one thousand. That is <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So the you know the boxing is going to bring out more than the horses. Mm. And and is, does it mean now that fans are welcome back at the stadiums in the states? Do you have to do you have to be vaccinated to go to the stadium? Do they test you? How does it work? Uh, okay, interesting. Uh, in the states, um, unfortunately, different states have different rules mm-hmm. and guidelines. Some more, some less. Me, myself, I was at uh, the first, very first fight this last weekend in California between Chris Ariola and Andy Ruiz. There were 4,000 people uh, admitted, and uh, there were kind of loose COVID restrictions. You had to wear a mask, but it wasn't too enforced. Mm. And are they fighting? Is this fight happening at the Stadium of the Cowboys? Yes, it is. uh, the, The Dallas Cowboys Stadium, yes. Oh, wow, that's that's interesting. Do you expect the Brits now to come over to the U.S. Uh, to make up the majority of the crowd, like they always follow their their fighters all over the world? You know, unfortunately, I I, I don't think it's going to happen too much yeah. uh, in the U.S. You know, there's uh, some travel restrictions placed on India, um, and then as far as England, I, I don't see it that many people uh, are going to come over for B.J. Saunders. You know, uh, who's an Englishman. And uh, so I don't expect a, a good European turnout because of the, the pandemic. Okay, that's great. And now that you were at uh, Ariola and Ruiz, what did you make of that fight? Very interesting fight. Very awesome fight. Uh, you know, these two California heavyweights went toe-to-toe for 12 rounds, gave the crowd a great night of fights, and it was uh, an electric atmosphere, something that, us boxing fans have all been wanting and, and hoping for. So hopefully we get to see some more of that soon. And was it a dominant performance from, from Ruiz, like the scorecard said, 118, 1092, and 1117, 110? Well, the scores were, were pretty wide, in my opinion, uh, with, you know, uh, the judges, you know, only giving a round or two to, to Ariola. I believe he did more than... Uh, you know what would justify for for more than just a few rounds. You know, even even live, it looked closer uh, than the scores that were given by the judges. You know, but nonetheless, you know, Andy Ruiz, he looked great in his return. Ariola pr- uh, proved that he still has some fight left in him as well. Great stuff, Raymundo. Thanks again for being available to speak to us. We really appreciate the information and the insight you give us from that side. You're very welcome, uh, my friends in Africa. Be sure to uh, tune in to 3morerounds.com. Look yep. for my stuff on uh, the IBF website as well. Thank you so much. Great stuff. Thank you. Check them out, 3morerounds.com, folks. All the latest boxing news. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, let's end the show by reviewing what happened in London. Uh, Murutim Talane losing his IBF flyaway title to Sunny Edwards. And Colin joins us on the line, manager and trainer of Muruti. Good evening, Colin. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Firstly, Viva. And yeah, I mean, not a great time for me. But yeah, nevertheless, you've got to take the, the bad with the good and vice versa. That's boxing. Yeah, what went wrong, though? You know what? You know, when when I win or when a team wins, we always like self-reflect. And obviously when you lose, the introspection is a lot more deep and severe. Now, Sonny just put on a great fight. I I don't want to have any excuses. Um, He fought an intelligent fight, lovely human being as well, showed so much respect to the camp, and Maruti particularly, and he just fought a great fight. So... I've got to give respect to him, and I've, I've got to give it up to the new champ. But was it a one twenty one oh eight fight? You know it wasn't. I mean, mm. That judge was smoking his socks. I mean, it's just retarded. Just, I, I was just, I was, 
I'm still gobsmacked when I think like Maruti, that guy never gave Maruti around. That's just crazy. Yeah, 12 straight rounds to Sunny Edwards. Even Sunny, I had him speak after that. He felt that it could have been a 7-5 at least. Uh, that's yeah, how he I, saw I, the fight. I, I had it 7-5 against us. Mm. I thought that was fair. I, I thought we lost. But um, I do think the fight was a lot closer than... Uh, 7-5 is exactly exactly what Ian John Lewis scored it, and that's I agree with that, that score. Okay. And it's easy to talk in hindsight, but how do you look back at your preparations? Did everything go well? Were you happy? Were you confident going into the fight? Look, you know, we obviously had to travel and we had to go into Tunisia for the green, uh, into a green zone for, mm. for the 10-day period, so we were allowed into the UK. Again, I don't want to make any excuses. Was it disruptive? I think when you jump on a plane and you go to a foreign place, it's always disruptive. But we had a great camp. We took a sparring partner with us. We, you know, his weight was ideal. He, we really had a great training camp. And to use that as an excuse, I'm not going to. I'm just going to say we lost a better guy. And it's boxing. It happens. You know, I, there's been some criticism of me, and, and I'll take it on the chin, that I should have adapted and we should have had a different game, game plan. And as I was telling Hayden Jones today in an interview on SA uh, Boxing Talk, mm. you can't take a boxing glove and turn it into a tennis racket. It's just impossible. So the thing is, um, I'm going to be quite dismissive of that. I thought we had the right plan. And again, you know, like, we also have to give respect to Maruti and Falani. The guy's a South African icon boxing legend. He's not 28, he's 38. And in fact, Sonny sent me a text saying, thank God he wasn't 28 when I fought him, because the result might be, you know, a little different. The, the thing is, is that Maruti's been a great ambassador, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying that it's time for him to re- retire. That would be entirely his decision. He fought so well, but we also need to remember he's been 20 years as a flyweight. It's just insane. We need to also give respect to the fact that, okay, he came up short, but he's still a great fighter for African boxing. Yes, and I actually wanted to touch on that, that um, to ask you if you don't think it's being exaggerated, considering that Muruti hadn't lost since 2008. I mean, first loss in 13 years. It can happen to the to the best of them. And uh, I hope that uh, this one loss, this, this latest loss, takes nothing away from what he's done over the years. But what was the game plan, though, Colin? Take us into your confidence. Right. Okay. was to work the body. And obviously, we knew Sonny was going to run to cut the ring. We knew he was going to switch it as well. And then obviously, once we, we applied the pressure, to let the shots go. The thing with Sonny was, is boxing IQ is really, really good. People don't give him enough respect and credit. And I'm going to say something that might upset the British fans. I think he's better than his brother Charlie. Yeah. Uh, from a boxing perspective, from a boxing IQ, maybe obviously the guy doesn't hit hard, but just because a guy doesn't punch hard doesn't mean he's not going to win rounds and fights. But he's really, really a good boxer. And then obviously to work a feint going in, not just walking lines. The thing is, Sonny was just very elusive. Very, very elusive and very, very slippery. So if, if that plan then didn't work, did you have a plan B? Well, obviously we wanted to, to press the action. And there was obviously evidence. And it goes back to what I was saying. You can't take a boxing glove and turn it into a tennis racket. You need to understand something. The Maruti style is ingrained in him ingrained into him, right? So you can't mm. turn a Mike Tyson into a Colonel Whitaker. And it's exactly the same kind of tactics if you think back to Manny Pacquiao fight, fighting Floyd Mayweather. You know, you can't turn an aggressive front foot fighter into a counterpuncher in his when his style's ingrained in him and he's been a pro for twenty years. So unfortunately that's just the way of the world. And that's just the way boxing is sometimes. It also seems like you were banking on Sonny to get tired in the later rounds. There, if you knew his game plan, you thought maybe the legs would go. And, and that's that, when. And that, but hold on, that's why we wanted to work the body early from round number one to take his legs away. Were you surprised that he was still going strong in the later rounds? I really was. That's why I'm saying he put on a great performance, and I'm, I have no excuses. We have no excuses. We lost the better guy. Mm. And could you have done anything differently during the night? I always think back, like I said, you're always introspect, you know, and I always think, should I have done this? Should we have done this? Should we have used this sparring partner? The reality is we can't go back in time. We have to accept what's happened. Obviously, I'm going to have regrets. I mean, I don't want to, listen, losing a world championship, particularly a legit world championship, and losing at this level, it's heartbreaking. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't even want to talk to you tonight. I just wanted to have a few more days, you know, but um, like I'm saying, I've got to take the bad with the good, you know? 
And and the reality is is that I'm everyone's flavor when when I'm winning. And mm. obviously now I'm I'm you know people are saying what they're saying because I lost. That's just the boxing South African public are very fickle. I get that, but they won't be fickle when I produce another world champion. So inevitably we are kind of mourning the loss, but no one died. The sun is going to shine tomorrow, and thank God both fighters are still healthy. And and Maruti obviously is healthy. He fa- in fact he was unmarked. It was yeah. just, it was bizarre, you know, you know, you know, he didn't bang up nothing. So it was, mm. it was just one of those things. And by the way, Sonny Edwards is tweeting us right now. Shout out to you, Sonny. We did speak to him a couple of weeks ago here on the show. But Colin, why is there no rematch? IBF don't honor rematch clauses. <laughs> the IBF don't honor rematch clauses. Why do you think Seven Farmer was the Murin with uh, Jojo Diaz? Mm. It was in the contract, but the IBF policy is very different. And people need to understand that before they start making all these assumptions. Oh, there was no rematch clause. Please understand the IBF boxing rules. So are you saying that you can't have a rematch or even if there was a rematch, they wouldn't have honored it? In a rematch clause? Definitely not. That doesn't work. Kevin Farmer had a rematch clause with Judge Ideas. Did that rematch happen? No, it didn't happen. He fought Rakimov. Did you have a rematch clause? No, because I know the IBF rules. But you fought this, these cases before, I mean, when... No, 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 got no, a no. Re- ne- never with regards to rematch clause. No, I'm just saying in general, you think you wouldn't have won this one if you insisted on a rematch clause. Fabisa, like I'm explain- explaining to you, Mama, Jason Mama's next. There was no way we could do a rematch clause. The IBF mm. never would have honored it. Okay, so they would never would have allowed it. Correct. Yes, and just finally, while we get we're on, on the line, I mean, we saw what happened with Kanye Lebulane. There, what's the status yeah, of I that mean, appeal? Like, now you're really trying to like evoke my emotions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was live on TV. I, I mean, it was just, I, I don't know if that guy just had an epileptic fit with his fingers or what happened, but that was just bizarre. I mean, it was one of the bizarre moments in, in boxing in recent times. I have appeals to IBO. I'm going to be following that up in the next couple of days. But just, just very unfortunate and absolute disgrace. I actually yeah. want to call that referee a disgrace because everyone saw that Polano was okay, coherent, he was ready to go, and I was just that was just like a true black eye for the sport, wasn't it? No, we called it the Italian job here. It's- proper Italian job. And by the way, I found that clause. It says IBF rules the contract for a champion match, championship match cannot contain conditions or provisions guaranteeing any participant a return champion match. If such a condition or the situation hinders the, mand- the mandatory title defense, uh, then it can happen, basically. That's what, that's what you were saying. Thank Colin. you. Because Colin knows the IBF rules. <laughs> okay, Colin. Okay, you you'll... Go, bro. Thanks for your time. God bless, man. Thanks. Thanks for speaking to us yeah. and send our regards to the two Muruti. Man, ciao. Okay, Fox, we're going to have to leave it there because of time then. Um, It is the enemy again tonight. We have to go to news.